What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Taxi Squad Dynasty Pod. We're excited to be with you again. My name's Tyler. My co-host is Austin. What's up, Austin? How are you doing tonight? You know what, Tyler? I have never been better. I can't tell you <laughs> how great my week has been. I can't. I, I imagine you can't say the same thing about your week. You hop on wearing that flipping chief jersey just to rub it in. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing my, one of my favorite hats too. It's uh, oh it's my chief gosh. week, man. Let's go. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'll put it out there. There were plenty of questionable calls for that game, but man, uh, it was it was nerve wracking to watch. I'm sure you felt the same way. Like, uh, as a Chiefs fan, to punt the ball to the Bengals with two minutes left in the game. And I, I was confident. I was like, they lost the game. That's it. Game's over. Bengals won the game. I thought so, too. <laughs> I thought for sure, oh, oh my man. gosh, here we go. We're going to drive down. There's no way we don't score. And then it, it, I, as, soon as, as soon as we punted the ball back, with however, however many seconds it was, like 40-something seconds or something. Yeah, something like that. I was just like, we're the, we're the flipping Bills. We're the Bills. Yeah. Here we go. We're going to give them the oh. ball back, and they're going to score. And sure enough, the Bungles, my Bungles, do what they always do and make a boneheaded play. Yeah. <laughs> the oh, penalty that puts them in the field goal range and sends them to the Super Bowl. Would have been Pain. overtime. If it wasn't for that penalty, it would have gone to overtime. There's no chance Harrison Butker's knocking that thing through. But My gosh. Yeah, man. That hard, well, congrats. Hard Honestly, but it was, yeah, feeling good on the way to the Super Bowl. And uh, for all of our fans out there, stay, you know, keep your eye on our social media. And at some point, Tyler's going to show up in a really good-looking jersey for you guys out there to see. I will pay up. I will. I will pay up. (laughs) I'm a man of the people. Whether it's a a Mahomes or a Kelsey jersey, I'll I'll let you decide. You can can pick whichever one you want. I love Travis Kelsey, man. Like as much as that hurt, the knife that he stuck in all of us after the game, the the jabroni. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed oh, so man. hard. My hey, gosh, hey, that guy. Say what you want about Travis Kelsey. He's sincere, man. He really he puts it, he puts it all out there for the people to hear. So. Yep, for sure. You, you can tell the uh, they really got in his head on that one. Oh yeah, the Chiefs they they had a chip on their shoulder. I mean, obviously it's a big game regardless, but uh they had some had some stuff hanging in the locker room, some quotes from people on the Cincy side. I don't blame them. Yeah, yeah if, if it was personal, man. I think both sides sides yeah. personal. Oh, I agree. They, I, as a Chiefs fan to lose to the Bengals for the last 3 games, it was like, man, people don't think we're the best team in the NFL anymore. We we can't live like this, you know. You gotta beat who the who's been beating you, and so we definitely Chiefs fans for sure took it personally. For sure, yeah. I know a certain Chiefs fan that took it very personally. In fact, he was going all over the uh, experts and idiots text thread. <coughs> Ryan, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I'll leave that one alone. Good for you guys. I'm happy for you guys. I'll let it go. I'll say what you're trying to say as a Chiefs fan. It it might come better for me. Ryan, we love you, bro, but you got to calm it down a little bit on the Chiefs. Like, I I love – you know I'm a Chiefs fan. I grew up in Kansas City. I live and die with the Chiefs. 
but to, to say that you, you feel just as confident when Mahomes is injured as you do when he's not injured, it's just not common sense, man. Come on. All right, <laughs> let's, let's move on. Let's okay. Move on. We've done enough loading. We've done enough of the uh, Chiefs versus Bengals. Let's talk some fantasy football. All right, yeah, let, let, let's just dive in, into the news. So Super Bowl week. Very, very excited. I think this is a great matchup. Obviously, you're going to be pulling for the Chiefs. Do you have a prediction for the score, Super Bowl? Yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to win it. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, and I think that it's going to be more defensive than you might think. So I think that the Chiefs will win, and it'll be a similar score. I'm actually just going to go with 20-17 to 17 Kansas City. Okay. Yeah, I, I like it. I agree. I think it's going to be a very close game. Um, I don't see either one of these teams really putting up a ton of points. Um, both defenses have looked really good. Um, I think that the Eagles are the more balanced team. However, Mahomes is the X factor. Um, he's hands down the best quarterback in the league. Um, he's probably top five quarterbacks all time already. Um, I'll give the edge to the Chiefs as well. I'll go Chiefs 27 to 24. Although uh, the more Ryan pumps up this Chief stuff, I am I might be pulling for the Eagles. I'm sorry, Austin. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm not offended. Honestly, when when you say stuff that just doesn't make sense, when it's just straight out of nowhere, I kind I kind of agree with it. I'm like, ooh, I don't I don't know about that. Um, anyway, but, yeah, let's hear let's hear some news, man. Well, the Texans um, they did hire their new head coach. Uh, D'Amico Ryans, the San Francisco's defensive coordinator, is now the, the head coach of the Texans. I actually think this is a really, really good hire. Um, I don't know I don't know how much this really impacts fantasy. Um, I don't think we'll know that until we know who they draft. But I, I do think it's a good hire for the Texans. Do you have any insight on that one? No, I don't know too much about the guy besides the fact, I mean, San Francisco is the number one defense in the league, and so you got to respect that hire. Um, just another Shanahan coach coming out. Um, but I don't necessarily think the Texans are going to be any good for a couple of seasons. So yeah. I'm kind of neutral on the hire. Yep, I agree. Well, speaking of new hires, um, the Denver Broncos also have landed their head coach. They had to trade the Saints in order to get Sean Payton. They traded away a 2023 first-round pick, which I think is – Man, that's crazy for a coach. Not to mention they also traded a 2024 second. In return, they get back Peyton plus a 2024 third. Um, just a reminder, that first that they're giving away was the first they got back in the Bradley Chubb trade. That's the 27th, or excuse me, 29th overall pick. That was San Francisco's pick, actually. Um, so they're not giving away their own first-round pick. That was an extra one they had, which I think is why they were willing to throw it in there. Um I think this is really, really good news for for Broncos country. That's right. Um, <laughs> I, I think this is great news for them. It's great news for for Russell Wilson. It's great news for those pass catchers. Um, we've talked on previous podcasts. Nathaniel Hackett was not it. Um, he was terrible. Um, and I, I think this is a huge upgrade. What do you think? Yeah, Hackett definitely couldn't hack it. So I think that um, Sean Payton, I mean, he is clearly a slam dunk of a trade for a coach. I mean, 
I think back to when the Chiefs went two and fourteen, and then they sent out um, uh, the owner to go and wait in the Philadelphia airport for Andy Reid to leave the Eagles, and then Andy Reid has just completely turned around the franchise. I don't know if it's going to be the same caliber of change for the Broncos, but I mean they are as all in as they possibly can be. And it makes me think that Russell Wilson's going to come back into his former self. It makes me think that um, every single one of their weapons gets a big old upgrade. And so I think we're going to spend the offseason the same way we did last season, talking about whether it's Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. Yeah, I agree. If if you've waited until now to buy Russell Wilson, um, you probably waited too long. Although I would say I would, I would still be trying to buy him right now. Um, I I agree with you. I think he's in for a big bounce back season, um, and I think those pass catches are going to be really good. And honestly, it could be either one of them. It could be Sutton or Judy. It's probably going to be both if if they figure it out. Um, Russell Wilson supported two top twenty four wide receivers in Seattle with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I think he can do the same in in Denver if they can get things figured out. So something to watch. I think it's pretty exciting news. Um, one other quick note on the news portion here. Brock Purdy in that game against the Eagles, um, he has a complete tear of the UCL in his elbow. He will be out six months. So talk about adding fuel to the fire in terms of the quarterback drama in San Francisco. Um, six months puts him coming back just like right at training camp, but who knows how strong his arm will actually be? Who knows if this, you know, impacts San Francisco's willingness to give him the job or not? Um, I've I've kind of always been on the Trey Lance side of this thing, but at the same time, I've also said, you know, it wouldn't be out of the question for them to give it to Purdy. Um, this just throws a whole wrench in it. Um, I, I still lean Lance. But w- what do you think? Yeah, I think that this makes it a lot closer to the Lance side. I think before it looked like Purdy was going to get the start for the season. I think that there was a uh, beat reporter who announced as much, saying that Purdy was going to get the start. And uh, it's hard to say now. I mean, obviously it depends on the health of both of those guys. But it looks to me like it might start out as Lance. But, uh, you know, I... My, my theory was before, it's going to start as Lance, and that way if Lance fails, they can always go back to Purdy. Um, but that now, I think that I think that's still going to be how it is. I think Lance is going to get the start. And uh, to be honest, I think he's going to smash, and then Brock Purdy's going to have to go somewhere else, kind of like Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I, I think that's a good take. I, I, don't, I don't disagree at all. But anyways, that's our news for the day. Um, Austin, why don't you take us into some Keep Trade Cut? Heck yeah, let's talk about it. So, Keep Trade Cut, risers and fallers. Guess what? They actually updated their rankings a little bit. I mean, what? it blows my mind. Um, we actually, so um, in our little uh, show sheet here, I had a name on here. It was Brock Purdy for our top riser of the week. Guess what? He's not the top riser anymore because of something we already talked about. Guy tore his UCL in his arm. So, without that ligament, Brock Purdy is now only the second highest riser in our in our uh, in the dynasty rankings. Do you have any guesses to who the top riser is? If you haven't looked at it yet. Oh boy. Um. 
gosh, you'd think it'd be somebody who's still playing, who's who's played really well. I, I mean, I don't know. I'll throw out T. Higgins just because he had a great game. I, I don't know. You tell me. You know, T. had a great game. It's not T. Higgins. It's someone that you wouldn't even think of. So the top riser of this week was Sam Howell. <laughs> wow, okay. I know. I that's kind of old news that they're going to give him a shot, right? Yeah, I think this is more, um, you know, people doing off-season speculation. They're saying to themselves, all right, who's going to be our starting quarterbacks for next year? And they're saying, all right, Sam Hell's probably done enough that he'll get the start for next season. There's a chance that Washington even drafts a high-ranking QB to sit behind Sam Hell, and Sam Hell is kind of the bridge to the next guy. But um, at least for now, Sam Hell seems to be the starter over there in Washington. Um, what's your take on Sam Hell? Do you think he's worth anything? Um, his value-adjacent guys are not very impressive. It's uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. To believe it or not, he's actually ranked above Tom Brady. But Tom Brady might have <laughs> had his last season. So um, what, what do you think? Is Sam Howell just uh, – is he is he worth the, the hype that he's getting right now, or do you think he's dumpster fire? I mean, I think he's worth a stash, but I wouldn't be throwing assets to try and get him. You know, if he's on waivers in a super flex league and you your bench is fairly deep, I would – I mean, I would take a shot on him. It's it's worth stashing him. He's going to be a starting quarterback going into the season. That's somebody that you want to have on your roster. Um, but I wouldn't go crazy. If, if somebody else already has him on their roster, I wouldn't be trying to trade for him. Yeah. To be honest, I'm super down on Sam Hell. And so if it were me and, if I, and I had Sam Hell, I mean, I, I would pick him up off the waivers too. But what I'd really be doing is trying to shop him around, see who who's into Sam Hell, who wants to pick him up. I think that yeah. would be my go-to. Honestly, what I would do, I if you could, the ideal situation would be pick him up, stash him, wait until training camp opens, and all this hype about the receiver saying, this is our guy, he looks so good, he's making all the throws, he, we're confident going into the season with him, and the hype will build, and I would flip him right then and there. <laughs> I like it. So to time the hype perfectly, so that way yep. you can get the get the return back. Maybe get like a uh, like a twenty four second, if you ask me, is a pretty good return for Sam Howell. Oh yeah, uh, I, w- I would be happy about that. I would take a second. Yep. Any day. Um, all right. Well, I, I think we're kind of in uh, somewhat agreeing on Sam Howell. Is that you know sell him if someone else likes him, um, but if if not, maybe it's worth a stash on your roster. Let's talk about some of the, uh, let's see, okay, let, let, let me just uh, give you the other risers of the week. You just tell me if any of them are surprises to you, all right? We'll, we'll just do that. Okay, we got Brock Purdy, uh, Joe Burrow, Daniel Jones, Malik Davis. Any of those guys surprise you that they're in the top risers of the week? Tell me where Joe Burrow ranks on keep trade cut with the other quarterbacks. I'm curious. All right, I haven't seen it yet, so if I had to guess, Joe Burrow is going to be QB3 for everybody. And I'm right on the money. QB3 behind Patrick Mahomes is one, Josh Allen two, Joe Burrow QB3. He's ahead of Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Lamar Jackson. Uh, What do you think? Is that the right spot for Joe Burrow? Ah. 
You know, at first when you said QB3, my initial thought was, eh, that might be a little steep. But then you name off those other guys, and I can't confidently tell you that any one of those is definitely better than Joe Burrow in fantasy. Um, I like Jalen Hurts quite a bit. I would consider putting him above him. I'm a big Justin Herbert fan. He had sort of a down year by Justin Herbert's standards, though, so I don't hate it. Um Man, that's really high. If if you could pivot off of him right now while he's QB3 and go down to, say, Justin Herbert um, and pick up an extra asset, I think that would be a smart play, though, because QB3 is that's really, really steep. I, I would call that his ceiling. He's not going to – I don't think he's going to break into the Mahomes-Josh Allen tier. Yeah, um, I'm just looking and comparing some of the other guys on here. So, obviously, QB1, Patrick Mahomes, I think that's pretty warranted. Josh Allen, I think that's warranted. Um, I think Joe Burrow. So, the the thing that I see a, a lot of upside in the fact that he's probably going to be their starter at the very minimum the next five years. It would take some really, really bad things to happen. I mean, he we're talking like a, a career-ending injury. We're talking... Um, I don't know, just terrible QB play, which, I, I mean, it doesn't seem likely. He has a lot of good tools around him. He's got a great team. He's got a decent coach. Um, so I think that he's a he's obviously a good quarterback. Um, the question of, is if he's better than some of these other guys, I think that I'd probably rank Jalen Hurts above him. I think, uh, honestly, I think I might. Ah, boy, that's tough. I, I, he's right on par with Trevor Lawrence for me. I actually, I, I think I would still have Lamar Jackson ahead of him, so I'm kind of high on Lamar for that. Um, but, man, you, you know, I think he's definitely top five. I think he's number four for me. Cool. There you go. All right. Let's talk about our Fallers of the Week. Um, we, we went on too big of a tangent there. We can't, we can't waste all our precious pod time with this. <laughs> so... Um, let, let me go through our top four fallers, and you tell me if there's any surprises, and then we can talk a little bit. You know, honestly, let's skip the top faller. We already talked a lot about him. We'll talk about the second highest faller, or the second lowest faller. So here's the other four that we're not going to dive as far into. So it's Malik Willis, Justin Jefferson is in one of our top four fallers, believe it or not, uh, Taylor Heineke, and Tua. Are any of those guys surprises to you? Well, I mean, Justin Jefferson's a surprise, but, I mean, where does he fall from? Like, wide receiver, like, infinity, like, way past everybody to just still wide receiver one, but barely above <laughs> Jamar Chase? Like, how far could he really fall? Yeah, I think that's he's the only place he's falling in is in Superflex rankings, and he's losing it to guys like, um, he's losing it to guys like, He's only behind Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, so I, I, I don't even know how much foul he's really losing. I think it's, yeah. it's Joe Burrow gaining is what it really is, and so they're saying, ah, they're getting closer than they used to be. So, yeah, I wouldn't buy too far into the Justin Jefferson falling. He's obviously the QB1 for every single intelligent human being in the world. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Taylor Heineke, Malik Willis, Tua. I mean, I think those all... Kind of makes sense. Uh, I don't think anyone's super high on any of those guys. And then our top follower of the week, and I think this is a good discussion to have, is Dalvin Cook. All right, sorry, our second our second lowest follower is Dalvin Cook. I can see that. Um, 
you know, he still put up big numbers this season, um, but the, his efficiency is falling, um, and you can you can see the decline. We've talked about this before. Age matters in Dynasty, um, and he's at that point in his career where he's he's going to fall off a cliff. Um, it, it happens to the best of them, um, and it's going to happen to Dalvin Cook. Now, we'll see, like, does he really fall off a cliff? Todd Gurley style, you know, or does he, can he, you know, milk it out and, you know, kind of fade away gracefully, but yeah, I would, I would definitely be selling Dalvin Cook right now, um, I wouldn't want him to be any more than probably like my RB3 on my roster going into this upcoming season, what do you think? Yeah, um, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to put any high, high capital into Dalvin Cook unless you're just getting him for such a cheap deal. You know, if you're gonna if you can trade for him for like a very, very late second or like a third round pick, if someone's willing to do that, I'd probably take him up on it because I think he still has the opportunity to be a really great running back. Um, and you, you know, you compare him to other guys who are his, his same age. So you compare him to like Nick Chubb. Um, you could even compare him to like Derrick Henry. Every offseason, we all do the same thing where we are, it's essentially like playing Jenga, um, where you're pulling out one piece at a time. Every time it's one more year, you're pulling off the tower, and then eventually the tower's going to fall down. And you just keep pulling out one piece at a time, and you don't know if it's gonna, if you're going to be the one that it falls down on. You don't know if you're going to be the one holding the bag at the end, and um, all the value that you had is lost, say, if he retires or if he just absolutely, you know, falls off a cliff in far in, as far as his production. But um, you never want to be the guy um, who loses that game of Jenga, and every year you pull off another uh, stick from these players. And so um, there's always a little dip with, in the offseason with guys like this. And so it's it's your chance to say, well, maybe I think that he's got another year, or no, it's time to, time to bail while he's still worth anything at all. Yeah. I, I operate, or at least I try to operate in the sense of I'd rather be a year too early than a year too late on these guys because once once the floor falls out from under them, it's over. <laughs> you can't get anything. And so that that for me is why I would I would move Dalvin Cook right now if I could. Um, and if he has a, a great year this upcoming year, I'll live with it. You know, I'll, I would, I'd rather be too early than too late. Yeah. I think that's good analysis. All right. We talked a lot about our uh, keep trade cut risers and fallers. Ty, I think I'm ready to hear about a rookie. What do you got cooked us up cooked up for us this week? Heck yeah. Okay, we just talked about Dalvin Cook and just how dominant of a running back he's been throughout his career. I present to you this draft class is Dalvin Cook 2.0. We're going to talk a little bit about none other than, than Zach Charbonnet. Now, I'm not saying that Dalvin Cook's like the perfect comp or something to, to Zach Charbonnet, but I'm telling you from a quality standpoint, the dude is a beast. Six foot one, 220 pounds, likely going to run somewhere in the low four fours. Man, for somebody 220 pounds to have that kind of speed is absolutely incredible. This past season at UCLA, 195 carries, 1,359 yards. He also had 37 receptions for an additional 321 yards. His dominator rating, um, which is the percentage of his team's total offense, is a 30.6. So 30.6% of his team's 
total offense was Zach Charbonnet. Um, and man, he, the film on him is just, <laughs> it's mind blowing. He is, he really is the kind of back that you just look at and you just think that is a workhorse every down back in the NFL. Like, unlike Jameer Gibbs, um, he has the size to be able to handle 20 plus carries every single game in the NFL. And throughout his, his college career, he's been durable. Like, the dude has handled a workhorse load um, throughout college, um, and he dominates. His vision is incredible. For his size, his burst is really, really good. Um, he's a power back. Like, he's a guy you can just send him up the middle and just have him go and, and bruise guys and, and wear him down. And yet, you get him out on the outside, you get him into space. And his, his speed, man, his speed for his size is, is just incredible. Um, and he's got good hands. Now, he's he's not a guy that they're going to, you know, deploy as a pass catcher, you know, Jameer Gibbs style, Austin Eckler style. He's, he's not that. Um, but he's good enough that he he can stay on the field all three downs um, and 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 be that, that workhorse that, that literally gets everything in an offense. Um I don't think he has the tools to have a ceiling like like maybe Jameer Gibbs, but I'm telling you right now, if if there's a back in this class that I think can push Jameer Gibbs as the RB2, I think it's probably Zach Charbonnet. Um, he's just really, really, really impressive. Um, I do a lot, of, a lot of mock drafts. I follow a lot of mock drafts. Um, He's going, you know, mid to late first round um, in single QB leagues, um, and in super flex he's going even later. Um, if you have a mid to late first round pick and you pick up Zach Charbonnet, I think you're going to be a very happy camper, very very happy. Man, yeah, I'm looking at this guy right now, and he looks like a beast out there. I was just watching a little bit of his film, um, so. You segued into him talking a little bit about Dalvin Cook. Is that your comp, or do you have a do you have a different comp? No, uh, I struggle a little bit with, with these comps sometimes. Um, I don't have, I guess, a perfect comp for him. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, he reminds me of Zeke Elliott. Um, oh, wow. I mean, I'm not saying I mean, that's he's. A, that's a really good comp. That's a... <laughs> I'm not saying he's that level. If if he were that level, he would no doubt be the RB two, maybe even the RB one in the class. I mean, he's he's not Zeke Zeke, but he is Zeke in the sense that he can do it all, and he's he's big enough to handle every down work in the NFL. Um, I'm t- I man, I there's so many really good landing spots, but if he goes to Miami. In that offense, like they, they really, really need a running back um, in Miami. If if he were to go there, I I I would have a hard time not putting him over Jameer Gibbs. He's he's that good. He's yeah, he, he's an elite running back. Wow, dude, that you just got me hyped, man. I didn't even know that much about Zach Charbonnet before you started talking about him. So there you go, man. Psyched. Oh, so Zach Charbonnet, he's going like mid late first round. Is that kind of where where he's gonna end up? Mid, mid to late, you know. Well, a lot a lot of this will depend on 
not only landing spot but draft capital you know we've talked before like first round is really really rare for running backs anymore if if you go in the first round you're truly truly an elite elite running back um i think Bijan will likely go in the first round um that should tell you all you need to know about Bijan robinson jameer gibbs could be late first round he's probably an early second um i would say zach charbonnet is probably a second round guy um, and remember, Brees Hall was drafted second round. Kenneth Walker was drafted second round last year. So if he gets that kind of draft capital, then, yeah, it's wheels up. Like, to the moon, Zach Charbonnet, I'm all in. Oh, man. Dude, I, I honestly, it, it makes the draft so much more fun when you're playing Dynasty and you got these rookies that you just fall in love with their profile and you, you, see, you see all their production and you watch some of their hype videos. and That's sweet, man. I'm pumped now. There you go, man. When you have some spare time, just go look up. I'm telling, you, just go look up highlights of Zach Charbonnet. The dude <laughs> will blow your mind. He is incredible. <laughs> oh, that's sweet, man. <laughs> All right, you ready to talk a little bit about dynasty strategy? Yeah, let, let's hear. I, I want to hear your strategy. Tell me how we're gonna win our leagues this year. Oh, man, there's so many ways you're going to win your leagues this year. But if you're in our league and you're listening to this, none of you are going to win because I'm going to win the league this year. So <laughs> there can only be one. Um, no, So this week, I didn't actually have a great strategy tip for everybody, but I thought it'd be fun to talk about some of the trades. We've already had three trades go through for this, this season. And I want to go through, I want to get, you know, some honest feedback about the one that I was involved in. We can talk about the one that you were involved in. And then we can also talk about the third trade that went through as well. We can both give our uh, our feedback on it. So um, since I'm the one kind of directing this, let's talk about my trade at the end. So let's talk about the trade that neither of us were involved in first. So you can kind of see it. Uh, um, I have it pulled up here. So our friend Sam and Trent had a trade and they traded two of the hot young wide receivers so they traded so sam got chris olave and jameson williams and he sent away alvin Kamara, javante williams and his 2023 third um i guess it was my 2023 third uh, that he had owned so uh trent on the other side of that got uh, alvin Kamara, javante williams and a third and sent away Olave and Jameis Williams. Tyler, what do you think, man? What, where, which side of this trade do you would you want if you had to pick one side? Man, you should have saved this trade for the oh no he didn't segment, man. Because <laughs> uh, I think this is pretty lopsided, to be perfectly honest with you. I in, in fact I messaged Sam, not even like five minutes after this trade went through, and I was just like, dude. You just flipping smashed. Holy, I mean, Chris Olave. Well, we went over this last week. Chris Olave, the dude's, he's a top 10 dynasty wide receiver right now. Now, I would put it more like 12 to 15, but regardless, Keep Trade Cut has him as a top 10 wide receiver right now. Um, and then you go and pick up Jamison Williams on top of that. Um, he's got a ways to go, but he's shown flashes, and the pre-draft, um, you know, hype and 
and all that last year on Jamison Williams was was incredible. Like, I think he got two, he got one elite wide receiver, possibly two, depending on how it turns out with JMO. Um, for an aging running back in Alvin Kamara, like we talked about Dalvin Cook coming up on on the age cliff, Kamara's right there, and his value is going to drop because he's he's facing that legal issue this offseason. He's likely going to be suspended to begin the year. Um, he picks up Javante Williams, which is probably the best asset on, on Trent's side of the trade, but he's coming off an ACL trade or an ACL tear. And we've, we've talked about that in the past as well. Um, the likelihood of him performing well this upcoming season is slim to none. Um, his value is going to continue to decline likely throughout the upcoming season. Um, I mean, I guess if he's shooting for 2024, Javante is a good pickup, but I don't think he got good value at all out of those two wide receivers. I give this a slam dunk on Sam's side. Yeah, it always makes me wonder how these trades happen, whether it was Trent sending out this or Sam sending out this is like the first offer or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're totally right that Sam got a slam dunk here. Sorry to say, Trent. Um, but you know what? Sometimes these trades, they look really one-sided, and then a couple years later, totally the other direction. And so it's it's hard to say exactly where these trades end up. Obviously, um, Javante Williams could come back. He could you know, turn it all the way around and just be an incredible back. You know, We, we already talked about the Broncos looking really good for this upcoming season. So if Javante Williams were to make a 99th percentile recovery and come back and just light the league on fire, and we're talking about him like we talk about, uh, I think he, he compares kind of more like to a Derrick Henry where he's not a huge, huge pass catcher. He, he will catch a pass here and there. But if he were to come out and just light the league on fire, we might be talking about this in the other direction, or maybe it's just a straight-up even trade. So um, I, I do think in the long run, Javante is going to be fine. He's, he's going to be a very, very, very good running back. But I think it's the value right, like in the here and now, he did not get enough out of Olave and Jamison Williams. That's why Sam won the trade. Like right now, he did not get enough. Right. And that's why, you know, we talk a lot about the value of each individual player. What actually matters is, the, is how each manager views the value of their players. That's what, you know, you know market value matters because you can kind of see trends. You can see what, whether players are being valued as a whole as more valuable or not. But what really matters is what each manager thinks and, you know, kind of the, the thoughts of each guy. So uh, let's talk about our next trade. Uh, let's talk about the trade that you and uh, Ryan put through this week. Uh to be honest, in my opinion, kind of lopsided as well, but I'd love to hear how this all went down. So I'll just go over it real quick. So, Tyler, you sent away uh, Gerald Everett, Jordan Love, Elijah Mitchell, a 2023 second, an early second, and a 2025 first, and you got back the Travis Kelsey, uh, Marquise Brown, and Traylon Burks. So, um, if you ask me, uh, you know, I'll save my opinion for the end. Tyler, tell me about how this trade happened. Who messaged who? How to get started? How was the negotiation? What happened? 
Well, so Ryan put Travis Kelsey on the trade block, um, and this isn't the first time that he's put him out there. He's put him out there several times. In fact, he's messaged us about, like, what is his value? Like, this age thing in Dynasty is weird. Like, I think he should be fetching more than offers that I'm getting, um, you know. But, but anyway, see, he put him on the trade block. He messaged the league saying, like, hey, guys, these guys are still on the trade block. You know, send me, send me some offers. And so um, – I, you know, my roster is interesting. Um, I already had Mark Andrews, so I didn't need Travis Kelsey. However, I thought if I can get a corner on the market, if I can own both the top two dynasty wide, or excuse me, dynasty tight ends, in my opinion, if I can own both of them, not only can I play Travis Kelsey in the flex like a wide receiver, but now anybody that is hurting at tight end they're gonna have to come through me if if they want one of those guys and and i can now control the price on tight ends in the league so i was pretty motivated to try and get travis kelsey um i'm also in a very win now mode on this team like i've traded away so much of my draft capital to try and win now on this team and so i i sent him the offer initially um he ended up asking me, like, why do you want Traylon Burks? And I basically told him, I think Traylon Burks is undervalued in Dynasty right now. He had an injury-plagued season. Um, you know, for somebody who's really just trying to, you know, cut ties and totally tank and, and rebuild, you might want to re-roll on Traylon Burks because his value is down right now. I want Traylon because I, I believe in him. I think that he is a bounce-back candidate. Um and he, he, he fits what I'm trying to do. I, I'll, I'll take the risk of Traylon. If he doesn't bounce back, I have enough depth to I'm, – I'm not worried about it. But anyways, I told Ryan that, and he was like, okay, let's do this. He didn't even counter, took my offer. That was that. Man, you know, if I were Ryan, to be honest, I would have negotiated back a little bit more. And so, Ryan, if you're listening to this, um, here's just my general idea for – the first time you receive an offer. And I think, I think this is kind of universal. Maybe this is just me. When someone sends you an offer for the first one, I think they're usually willing to go a little bit higher. Um, they're usually willing to put just a little bit more on the table. They're just putting out a first offer just to establish just what price range we're talking about. Like, you know, just get, get close to the vicinity. If you receive a, just a garbage offer, you know, like if, if you were to receive an offer, um, from someone that has like you know a third round pick for Patrick Mahomes and Superflex, um, that's not even worth a counter. It's not worth anything. You you throw that away. You don't reply. You know you, you send them a middle finger emoji. But um, but if if you get something that is even close, you're like oh okay that could be close. Um, the, the, all they're trying to do when you first send it off a trade is establish the price vicinity, and then from there you can start working together to find out. Let's hammer out all the details. Let's find out. Um, you know, you think this guy's worth a little bit more, so maybe we'll throw in, like, we'll make it a second-round pick instead of a third, and uh, you do the fine negotiations. And so, Ryan, um, I think that you were really close to value in this trade. I do think that Tyler um, got a little bit more value out of it, but I think that you were close. I, I think that if you had negotiated just a little bit more, Maybe um, one of those players was a little bit higher tier. It would have been it would have been dead on the money. But it was um, it was a good trade. And I honestly I really like the the 2023 second, the early second because there's a there's a deep running back class here. 
and they're you know picking up future firsts like a 2025 first give it next off season that thing's gonna be worth a ton and so um uh i don't think it's necessarily a bad trade on ryan's part i just think that uh tyler has a little bit more value oh yeah it's really good advice and that you know i would i would agree every time i get a a trade offer um unless it's something that's like oh my gosh like this has to be a mistake i have to accept it hurry 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 you know <laughs> like more often than not i'd say 99.9 percent of the time i counter because the initial trade offer like you said that's just kind of throwing out like okay this is about how much i'm willing to offer but then you counter and say i need a little bit more how much more are you willing to go and and sometimes it's one counter sometimes you go back and forth for a few days um in order to, to work out a deal, but I, I I would agree. I think smart process would be always send a counter, see what more they're willing to give, um, and go from there. But yeah, I'm I'm happy with the trade. Um, I think this definitely kickstarts Ryan's rebuild. Like he got a lot of points off his team, and looks like he might be the new tank master general. There, there can only be one take, Master General. Ryan, <laughs> if you want to take it over, I'm happy to give you the title. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the last trade, and then we can get into our Oh No, He Didn't segment. So um, this trade I was involved in, so I'll just go over the pieces, and then let's do the same thing. Let's have you give me a little bit of your thoughts on it, um, and then I'd be happy to dive into how this went down. So I sent Isaiah Likely, Desmond Ritter, and the eighth overall pick in this draft for Kyler Murray, quarterback out of Arizona. Tyler, what do you think? Do you do you have one side that you like more? Do you think it's pretty even? What's your analysis? <laughs> uh, it's funny, man. I I actually messaged Sam about this one as well, and because Sam's been trying to to acquire a certain quarterback for me, and he's been complaining about how quarterbacks are so incredibly hard to get in Superflex. And I agree, like, to get a top 10 quarterback is so hard. Like, the price is so high. When I saw this, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Austin just stole Kyler Murray. If I had known (laughs) that that was the price, I would have been all over trying to acquire Kyler Murray. Um... The 108 in this upcoming draft class is a nice pick, but there will not be a quarterback at 108 that's anywhere close to Kyler Murray. In fact, you could have the 102, like Bijan Robinson is off the board and you have the pick of every quarterback in this upcoming draft class, and I don't think you're going to get a quarterback that is as good as Kyler Murray, at least not for fantasy. Um, so I, I think I think the 108 is the best asset in this. And so I would say you got the best overall asset in the in the deal. Um, Desmond Ritter, we'll see. He has a chance to be the starting quarterback in Atlanta going into next season, but I don't think he's anything special. Isaiah Likely, I don't know. That's just a throw-in, in my opinion. Like, whatever. Like, he, stash him I, I I really think you you really really won this trade and it's a really good process Kyler's out with the ACL his values down you know who knows 
when he comes back, but you capitalized on that and you picked up a top eight dynasty quarterback in a super flex league on the cheap, in my opinion. That was well done. Yeah, so this trade, I was actually, um, I sent out this offer because I send out offers all the time just to, just to people. So I have a, we'll get into this later, but I have a buys and sells of the offseason list. And so I'm always, if I have anybody on my sell list, I'm always trying to trade them and I'm always trading them to, or trying to trade them to people who are on my buy list um, to acquire those guys on my buy list. So Kyler Murray is like the second guy on my buy list right now. And so I, in basically every league, I'll send out feelers kind of like this trade. Keep Trade Cut actually um, is on Trent's side. Keep Trade Cut likes his side more than mine based wow. off of the value of the uh, the 108. That's basically the only thing that they value that's even close to Kyler Murray's. They say the 108, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I think it's because people saw Kyler Murray's production this year. They were like, nah, you know what, not very great. Um, they saw that um, Desmond Ritter played okay. The 108 is worth some, you know, it's it's worth something in, in this uh, draft. There, there's a lot of uh You'll get a good guys. player. That's, that's a good yeah. player. But... I think I think you're right. When it comes to a super flex league or any fantasy football league, um, I think Kyler Murray, even in this was one of the most down year. I think this is the worst year he's ever had. So let me just pull this up just to illustrate what my my process in getting here. So Kyler Murray, basically one of the worst years he's ever had, um, and I think that he only played he only played 11 games, and he was still the QB 19 through the first bunch of games i mean he had like i said one of the worst seasons he's ever had he was still averaging 20 points a game 22 points a game i mean he still played really well and so he is one of those elite assets that's almost impossible to acquire and so if you're ever able to even if you're overpaying if you feel like you're overpaying if these trade calculators tell you you're overpaying it's worth it to get out there and pay it up Get one of those elite assets, especially if they have an injury like Kyler Murray had. That way you can get them a little bit cheaper. They're ready to go for the next season. Yeah, I mean, if you were in a a dynasty startup draft right now, how early do you think Kyler Murray comes off the board? Is he a first-round pick? I I think he's going to be mid-second round. Uh, Obviously, depending on the size of the league. So, 10-man league, I think he's going into like like that 205, 210 maybe range. Yeah, I I would argue in a super flex league, he's probably a late first rounder. Maybe he maybe he falls in into the second. If you pick him up in you know mid second, I think that's a big win. Um, and to get a guy that's going that early in startup drafts for guys to honestly. I mean, they're gonna be way down the line. Even that, even that 108 pick, it's really nice. But yeah, I I just think you you got the best player in the deal um, by a mile. Um, and that's not to say that that what you sent out wasn't wasn't a good offer. But I I like it a lot. It's a good process. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. All right. Uh, enough talking about trades. Actually, let's talk about other trades. Let's talk about trades that didn't happen in, in our league. And I want to hear a little bit about, oh, no, he didn't. Oh, no, he didn't. Brought to you this week by none other than Calvin Rowley. Thank you, Calvin, for this week's sponsorship of, oh, no, he didn't. Calvin, now I'm going to just illustrate two trades that Calvin made in another league that I'm in with him. 
and I want to I want to just talk a little bit about just mentality in in Dynasty League. So let me just give you two trades that Calvin made back to back. These trades were only like two weeks apart. Um, this was last off season that Calvin made these trades. So Calvin acquired. Leonard Fournette, Cortland Sutton, and a 2022 third. He gave up a 2022 first, a 2023 first, so two firsts and a fourth to get Leonard Fournette, Cortland Sutton, and a third. Okay, first of all, I get the hype that Cortland Sutton had last offseason. I get it. He's getting Russell Wilson. Who knows? Like, he, he could have been a top whatever, 5, 10, I, I get it, Leonard Fournette, we've talked about it uh, over and over again, the age, like, he's up against the age cliff, and sure enough, it caught up to him this past season, he he underperformed, um, I don't think there's any way you could argue around that, like, it let Leonard Fournette underperformed, his dynasty value is in the tanker now, and we, we saw it coming because of the age, so I think that Calvin lost the trade right from the get-go, um, in terms of giving up two first. Um, but I think it gets even worse when you consider the next trade that he made. So two weeks later, Calvin acquires Corey Davis, a 2023 first, a 2024 fourth, and a 2023 third. So he, he acquires a whole bunch of draft assets for Aaron Jones, a 2023 fourth, and a 2023 second. This side of it, I would say Calvin won the trade. I, Aaron Jones, again, the age, he did have a, a good season. Um, so I, I guess you could argue, you know, the Aaron Jones side isn't necessarily bad. Um, but Calvin gets a 2023 first out of this. Um, I like that side of it. The problem that I see with these two trades is the first trade that Calvin makes is a trade where he's going all in trying to win. Like, I'm going to go get a wide receiver. I'm going to go get a running back. I'm like, I'm selling off my first, whatever it takes. Like, I'm all in. Two weeks later, I'm selling off a running back to get to get draft picks. It's like, you need to pick a lane. Are you competing? Are you all in? Or are you are you out and you're tanking and you're trying to acquire draft picks so that you can rebuild? Because if you're caught anywhere in the middle... You're going to lose, period. I think that's a really good process because um, I think I think a lot of times we can think to ourselves, oh, man, um, I'm getting a good trade here or, you know, may, you know, maybe I need to consider sending away this old guy, get, get some younger picks or something like that. But to be honest, every decision you make, every person you have on your roster should be centered around one idea is when am I going to win my championship? and to maximize your chance of winning the championship in that year. That's the only thing that you're we're even trying to do. And so I, I think you make a good point here in that Calvin's kind of flip-flopping on this one. And I don't – did he win the championship at, in this year? Dude, the, it got even worse, okay? The, the 2023 first that he sent away to get Leonard Fournette, Cortland Sutton, and a third – Ended up being the 101. No. He was the worst team in the league. He gave up Bijan Robinson for Leonard no. Fournette, Cortland Sutton, and a third. Yep. Oh, my God. Yep. 
that that that's that's <laughs> Calvin. Oh no, he didn't, man. Dang, like if you're gonna go all in, if you're gonna go get that aging running back, and you're gonna go in and try and you know outthink the market and go get Cortland Sutton, at least stay all in, and don't trade away Aaron Jones two weeks later. Like stay all in and win, so that your pick that you sent away doesn't end up being the 101. Like, oh my oh, man, I. Pain, man. Pain. <laughs> That's all I could think about at the end of the season when I saw that 101 on that other guy's roster. It was, oh, the pain. That's a tough one. And you know what? I think that if you ask me, one of the hardest parts about this trade is that he's trading away these draft assets in the middle of the year before they actually become valuable. And um, I don't know, man. It's It seems like... You know what, maybe that actually is, now that I needed to think more about it, maybe that actually is decent process to say, all right, we're talking a lot about draft assets and stuff right now. But usually the time when a pick is worth the very most is, you know, like weeks before the draft happen um, or, you know, and it's worth the least right in the middle of a season. And so I, I don't necessarily love trading away his 2023 first right in the middle of the summer of 2022 when, you know, at this time, I mean, the 2023 first weren't even getting that much hype as they they got during the season. And so, I don't know. I think the timing's weird. I think the two trades around the same time are weird. So, no, he didn't. Sorry, Calvin. Oh, no, he didn't. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ready for our last segment? Let's go, man. All right. Nuggets of advice to consider this offseason. Um, and this is something that I think everyone should do as part of their process is to make a buys and sells list. Um, it's part of being purposeful about how you dynasty. It's not it, It's not just about being like, oh, I think this guy's good. I think this guy's bad. You know, he, he had a good season. He had a bad season. Um I sat down and I made my off-season buys and sells list. I'm not going to share it on this podcast because a lot of the guys that I'm trying to acquire oh, come haven't on. gotten yet. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give a hint. A lot of the guys I'm trying to acquire are part of my roster already on our uh, Experts and Idiots Dynasty League. And so if you look on there, you probably find a few guys that you're like, ah, that guy's probably one of his buys. I had a lot of underperforming players this year who I think are – actually ballers out there so um but my advice is make a buys and sells list i actually so i made my buys and sells list before i sent out my trade offer for kyler murray and i was like oh kyler murray he's probably a good dude um and like i said he was my number two buy in the off season and then i sent off a trade and it went through and so um it's it's good to stay organized. It's good to be purposeful about how you dynasty. You know, um, you know, we talk a lot about value, but what really matters is getting these guys who, um, independent of what everyone else thinks of them, are going to score you fantasy points that will get you a trophy at the end of the season. And so, if you think that there's a guy who you can trade to get one of those high scoring guys, or if there's a guy who you think everyone else values that you can trade away, um, uh, then I think it's, you know, it's, it's a good way to be purposeful about dynasty. So 
Yeah, I don't think it necessarily matters how many people are on your list, but make yourself a buys and sells list, and then uh, feel free to start trading, send out some offers, see what you can get back, and try to get those guys that you love so much. That's great advice, man. I've, I mean, I've always had in my mind like guys that I wanted to acquire, or guys, you know, especially on my roster that I, I was trying to sell, but, but putting into into a list like that, especially if you're in multiple leagues like we are. It's genius. I, I love it. That That is some really, really, really good advice. Um, I'll have to twist your arm this upcoming week and see if you can uh, give us just a few guys next week who uh, you think we should be trying to buy and or sell. All right. All right. I'll give, I'll give one more sell. So I already mentioned that one of my buys was Kyler Murray. Let me give you my number. Let's see. Who's a good one? Let me give you my number three overall sell. My number three overall sell is the tight end, George Kittle. And I don't need to go too far into it, but I'll tell you right now that if I had George Kittle, I'd be trying to offload him for something else. So uh, those are my buys and sells. Um, I might be wrong, you know? I, I think that's that's part of putting out takes is that sometimes you're wrong about stuff. So if George Kittle's amazing, I'll, I'll be shooting myself in the foot. Um, but I practice what I preach, and if I had him, I guarantee you I'd be trying to trade him away right now. So uh, those are my buys and sells, and I think that is all we have for this week. Tyler, you got anything else you want to give down to the fans? No. Happy happy Super Bowl time. Um, obviously, we have the week off, but very, very excited for the Super Bowl. Soak in all the football you can while you can because – Man, that off season is long, and it won't take us long until we are craving to watch some football again. So, go out there and, and enjoy the foot the football. Go out there and and enjoy the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm really excited for it, and continue to to listen in here. We're going to continue to drop all sorts of nuggets of great advice that are going to help you win your league this coming year. Yep, it's the off season for football, but it is the dynasty season. This is where Amen. all the league-winning trades and moves happen. The draft is a huge way to win your league. And so this offseason, don't think about it as the offseason. Think about it as the in-season for fantasy football in Dynasty. So um, that's all we have for you this week, uh, Taxi Squad Potters um, and uh, Merry Chiefsmiths to all of my Chiefs fans out there. That's all we got for you. See you around. See you guys.